Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. tonight for the opportunity you have given us to be in your presence heavenly father it is by your grace that we are here tonight father that not everyone is here and you have given us this wonderful opportunity to be here oh lord father we see it as a privilege therefore oh god we ask that you speak to us transform our minds as we have come, O oh God, let us not live the same. But let us take our walk with you to another level. And let us know you more. I avail myself, Spirit of God. Speak through me. Give me the unction that our hearts be transformed. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Wonderful. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. What a group of people. Come closer. Come closer. Robert and Jeff, come closer. Jackie, yes, very close. Let's be together so we are warm together. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Don't worry. We'll share, for, we'll share the word of God for a few minutes and then we'll, we'll, go, we'll go home to your comfort homes. Amen. You go and lie under your blankets. Wonderful. Okay. Are you okay over here? Awesome. Okay. So we want to continue with a message we've been sharing for some few weeks about our circumstances. How many of you are identifying certain circumstances in your life? Wonderful. And how many of you have already begun to deal with these circumstances? Wonderful. So last week we, um, we shared about some few things that we need to do with the circumstances that are in our lives. How many of you have been here since we started sharing about circumstances? Who has not been here at all since we started talking about circumstances? Okay. All right. So everyone has been here. And we have been talking about the things that are in our lives, the things that stand around us, circumstances, things standing around us, normal things in our lives, our day-to-day life, the things that we have to deal with on a day-to-day basis, but which can also be a hindrance in our service to the Lord. Hallelujah. And we are talking about how those things should not become a hindrance. And last week we talked about identifying the circumstances, the thing that stands in your way or the thing that prevents you from doing a particular thing for the Lord. Amen. And we said that these circumstances are not demons. They are not demonic instances. Do you understand? These are not sins. These are not things that are evil. However, they can do the same things that demons do. And demons have a mission to prevent us from serving God. So circumstances also, if we are not careful, they can also prevent us from serving God. Amen. They can also prevent us from going further with our work with God or doing extra things for God. And just as demons will prevent us from going further with God, circumstances can do the same thing. Hallelujah. And so we should not separate them. We should not differentiate them 
and make a clear distinction between them. We are dealing with the circumstances. We are living in a particular situation, but we should also open our eyes to see that they are not preventing us from serving God. Amen. Amen. So if the scriptures are telling us to be vigilant and be sober about demonic things, about what the, the devil is doing, going to and fro, is also asking us to also be conscious and be aware of our circumstances. Amen. Amen. And so we said we group circumstances, we identify them, and then we talk about few things we can do with our circumstances. We say we determine the type of circumstance, whether it's a major circumstance or a minor circumstance. Then we talk about circumstances that are avoidable and the ones that are not avoidable. Isn't that so? We said there are certain things that we can avoid, certain things we cannot avoid. And we talk about circumstances that are relative important to others. Certain things are important and we need to assign value to these circumstances and see which ones we can forego so that we can do what we need to do for God also. Amen. There are certain things we said unbelievers can do, and we should leave them for unbelievers to do. And we should not heap everything on ourselves that prevents us from doing what we need to do with God. Amen. Amen. Today, I want to talk about how to deal with the circumstance. Amen. And the first one I want to talk about is do not be moved by the circumstance. Do not be moved by the circumstance. When you identify a circumstance, when you identify something that is standing around you, do not be moved by it. Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20 and verse 17. Acts chapter 20, verse 17. It says, And from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. This is Paul. So verse 16 says, For Paul had determined to sail by Ephesus because he would not spend the time in Asia. For he hasted, if it were possible for him, to be in Jerusalem the day of Pentecost. And the Bible says, verse 17, it says, And from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. He sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. Paul sent messengers to Ephesus to call the elders of the church, such as you people. People who have taken their work with God seriously. People who are called but they are serving God. They do not allow cold to be a circumstance in their lives. Such people. So he sent them, he sent, he sent messengers to go to Ephesus to call the elders to come for a church meeting. So you see, this is not a new thing. It's nothing new. It's like a camp meeting. He's arrived. It's not new, a new thing that the founder of the church has arrived in a city near you and he has sent to call all of you to come over, let's have a meeting. Let's have a three-day meeting. Do you see? It's nothing new. Paul arrived in Miletus, and he sent them to go and call them from Ephesus. Now, from Miletus to Ephesus was about 68 miles. 68 miles, they didn't have cars. Okay? And they were not rich that they have chariots. You know, so 68 miles, they have to walk. And there was no, there was no advance notice. You know, why didn't you tell us ahead of time? Why didn't you tell us when you were in Corinth that you were coming to Miletus and we are going to have a meeting? It was nothing like that. He just sent for them. And 68 miles, they have to travel. If they have to go through the gulf, there was this gulf of Latimos. If they have to cross the gulf of Latimos, then... It was about 38 miles or something like that. And that you have to cross the gulf. That means you have to go through the ocean. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So it was nothing new. And they came. They came. And what was the, what was the reason for this urgent meeting? 
What was the reason that we have to take a day off and come? What was, what, what was it that you were going to tell us that you couldn't wait? We have to come urgently to hear you. He was there to tell them how to deal with their circumstances. How to deal with their circumstances. That it was urgent that he shows them how to deal with your circumstances. Benson, do you understand? And it was important. So it is, it is okay that you are sitting in the cold to hear how to deal with your circumstances. Shake your neighbor and say, warm up. Because you need to know how to deal with your circumstances. Amen. So he says, verse 18, he says, And when they were come to him, he said unto them, You know from the first day that I came into Asia. Are you listening to me? Don't let the cold. If you are. Warm up, warm up. He says, verse 18, he says, And when they were come to him, he said unto them, Ye know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all season. At all season. Jeff, do you hear? He says, you know, the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner, how I have been with you in all season. Ask your neighbor, do you serve God in all season? Do you do the work of God in all season? No matter what is happening around you. He says, you know my manner, how I have been with you at all season. You saw it. Serving the Lord. How has he been in all season? Verse 19. Serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears. Serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. Ask your neighbor, do you serve God in tears? Ask, ask your neighbor, when you are crying, when you are, when you are sad, when something has happened and you are in tears, do you still serve God? Or you say, I, I will not go to church again. He says, <laughs> serving God, he says, he says, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears. Not your small tears that, with many tears. Hallelujah. With many tears. What are some of the things that bring tears in your eyes? What are some of the things? Helen, what are some of the things that bring tears in your eyes? David, that you fail your exam, your final exam. You fail your final exam, so you, you are crying. Some people, when they fail exam, they don't want to come to church, so nobody will ask them, how was your exam? You fail your board exam. So there was someone who failed the board exams, I think she was in school for some, and then she failed something. She quit the church. I begged her. I said, come. Nobody will ask you. I will warn the people. They should not. She never came to the church again. If I mention her name, you remember the person. But not, not, some of you don't even know, remember her at all. She, she left the church, changed her number. I can't even get in touch with her. But I hear that she, now she's in a different lighthouse. I've received information that she said, we thank God. But you, anything that brings tears in your eyes, you don't want to serve God. <laughs> you have a little cold, sneezing and coughing. And when we call you, you are, oh man. You lose your job, and that's the end of your work for God. You lose a beloved, and that's the end. Seriously. Especially when you are in the same church. 
and the beloved has changed his mind. Oh! It's as if that is the reason why you are coming to church. Why, why, do you, why do you stop serving God because your beloved has changed his mind? Your father died. Your father died, so you are not coming. It's a church's fault. Some of you, when there's, I mean, there's bereavement in your life, you, you don't serve God. It's like we have to set time aside to be, be bereaved and mourn. You don't serve God. Some of you, when you have some small marital issues, you don't serve God. You don't serve God. Why were you not in church? I wasn't happy with my husband. Why were you not in church? I didn't like the way my wife served me last night. You are having issue with your husband, so you will sing in a choir. You will not come for choir rehearsal because you are not happy with your husband. What about next week when you are happy with your husband? So God should wait for you until you are happy, and next week you will come and say, put my name in. I'm leading. I am singing. Things that are standing around us. Paul said, come, come, come. I have something to tell you. You know my manner of life in all seasons. How I was serving God in tears. In temptations. Some of you, small offense. Somebody offends you a little bit. And that is ready to take you out of the church. And most of you, even... The things that take you out from the church, the things that make you not come to church, they are not even things that bring tears in your eyes. They are not even like many tears in your eyes. Paul, he said, I'm serving God in many tears. You, you, why were you not in church? Oh, I was so sleepy. Sleepy? What a shock. People are serving God in tears. You just sleepy. You are not serving God. He says, serving God in tears and in temptations. Tears, many tears. You were sleepy, so you didn't come to church. Some of you, my alarm didn't go off. Your alarm will go off Monday, Tuesday, Friday, Saturday. Sunday alone, your alarm doesn't go off. Your alarm doesn't go off on Sunday. Amen. Why didn't you come to church? Oh, I worked last night. Look, if you want to serve God, eh? if you want to say, I worked last night. You worked last night, so what? What has it to do with not, uh, what, what, what does it to do? So you are telling God, take this night work from me. Take it, t- I, take it. T- let me lose my job so I can serve you. Am I speaking to somebody? Yeah. I, 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 I didn't come to church because I, I was not happy. I was not happy. Some of you, why didn't you come to church? I was down. <laughs> oh, I was down. I was down. <laughs> you didn't come to church because I was down. Oh. <laughs> so, so, so what about the pastor? <laughs> the, the, what happened to Reverend? The Re- Reverend didn't come to church. Oh, he was down. Reverend... <laughs> Reverend was down. He didn't come to church. What a shock. I was down. Amen. He says, I was serving God in many tears. In many tears and in temptations. Do you serve God in your temptations? Do you serve God in your temptations? When you are tempted, when you fall into sin, do you serve God? Amen. When you fall into sin, when you are down, when you are falling into certain sins, do you, some of you, when you fall into sins, you don't serve God. You don't come to church. But the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. And then it says, But God is faithful, 
who will not suffer you to be tempted above which you are able. God will never give you any temptation that is too much for you that you can serve him. God will not give you an overwhelming temptation. He says he will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. And he says, and with the temptation, he will also make a way that you'll be able to escape. Who will make a way? God will make a way. So if God will make a way for you to escape, why do you stay away from him? That means that if you fall into temptation, you fall into certain sin and you stay away from God, you are in it and you are not escaping. You are in it. You will not escape. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You are in it. Because he says he will make a way for you to escape. So that is the more reason why you should come when you fall into certain sins. But some of you, when you fall into certain sins, you know, you feel like maybe I have to stay away from God and let the sin wear off. It's like, you know, let it wear off. You know, it's like it feels too fresh on me. True or not true? Oh. You are pretending as you don't know what I'm talking about. When you commit certain sin, certain sin, you feel like it's on you, you know. The way I feel, it's like I can't come before God. Maybe when I stay away for a while, you know, it will wear off. It's like, it's... <laughs> maybe take shower, several shower, maybe one week of shower and then... <laughs> what a shock. Amen. But God will make a way that you'll be able to escape. God will make a way that you will escape the sin. Otherwise, the enemy, look, when you sin, eh, the enemy has a way. And he puts such guilt in you. So much guilt and it, 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 it's enough to isolate you. Isolate you and keep isolating you, isolating. And the more, the further and further you move away from God, the, the less and less of the likelihood to escape this sin. And depression. And then you, cut, you start cutting people off. Then you next thing you change your number so no one can contact you. And the enemy has you where he wants you. Amen. A lot of a lot of times, a lot of times, single young women, when you, you lose them, you don't see them in church, and you investigate and you look into it very well, you realize that some man has cornered her somewhere. Oh yes. She has been cornered somewhere. And, and that is why you are not... Well, but the next time you see her, you, she, if she, she will confess, she will tell you. But just that she won't tell you. You say, oh, reverend, circumstances beyond my control. <laughs> you have made the circumstances overtake you. Circumstances beyond my... Of course, it was beyond your control. Because it is only God who can take you out of this circumstance. He will make a way that you'll be able to escape. Amen. Hallelujah. Many women, when they have children, it, they put a pulse on their work for God. They are, they are in the choir. When they have children, the choir is on pulse. Put everything on hold. It's like your prince has arrived. Your princess has arrived and everything should sit still. You see, they come to church and they sit in the back and they put the prince on their lap. And once they sit down, if by the grace of God, they manage to come to church. When they come and they sit down, they are not getting up again. The child is on their lap and then the people around are the ones that are suffering. Sending people here, they sit down. Hey, can you get this for me? Can you get that for me? Can you get this for me? Oh, please, can you get this for me? Can, no movement. Sit down. And the husband, pity the husband. Can you get me some of the chicken? I hear the seven some. Can you get me two pieces? Oh, can you get me one more? Maybe two more strawberries and you bring it. Can you get me water? Can you get me cake? A piece? Can you go and get some of the cake for me? 
sending the chip, and the children don't even like to come around you. Everything is on hold. Everything you are doing for God is on hold. Wait until I am done with this prince. We have our circumstances. Amen. But they should not stop us from serving God. Hallelujah. They should not stop us from serving God. Am I speaking to somebody this evening? It should not stop us from serving God. It says, and when they they were come to him, he said unto them, ye know, ye know, from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you. I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but I've showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. He says, I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you. If my singing in the choir was profitable unto you as a church, I kept back nothing. I've taken a lot of credit. I have 16 credits in school, but I have kept back nothing. I am still doing what I have to do if it is as long as it's profitable unto the church. He says, I kept back nothing. With all these trials and all these temptations, I kept back nothing. I have two jobs. I moved from this one, but as far as my work for God is concerned, I kept back nothing. I am in school and I am working. I rise up very early, but I have kept back nothing. I have 16 credits and I have papers to write, but I have kept back nothing. Amen. Amen. I need to prepare for my board exams. I am studying for it. I am doing this. I am my mother. I am a student. I am raising my children. I am working, but I have kept back nothing. He says, how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you. Amen. I rise up early to go to work, to go to school, but I've kept back nothing. I've kept back nothing. I feel sleepy, but I've kept back nothing. Amen. Amen. It means that the circumstances could not take away from me what I need to do for God. The circumstances does not take away from me. What stands around me does not take away from me. It is standing around me, but I kept back nothing. Jackie, do you understand what I'm sharing? But I kept back nothing. He says, I kept back nothing. Amen. My church attendance did not change. My prayer life did not change. Amen. It did not change. My tight pain did not change. Because of the circumstances, I kept back nothing. Amen. I kept back nothing. I'm a pastor. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I am a worker. But I have kept back nothing. Amen. Don't let the circumstances that we are facing keep us because the circumstances will be there. They will be there. Oh, in this world, there will be circumstances. Jesus confirmed that. He says, in this world, in this world, oh, except you move to another world. But in this world, you have the circumstances. Amen. You have to travel long distance, but I've kept back nothing. You have to pay tolls. But I have kept back nothing. Amen. I'm having a newborn child. I am pregnant. I am due in a few weeks, but I have kept back nothing. I will still stand in the choir and I will sing. I will still rehearse. I have kept back nothing. Amen. I have moved to New Jersey. Now I have to cross the bridge, but I have kept back nothing. Hallelujah. Why should that make you stop serving God? If God has opened a door for you to move to buy a house in New Jersey, why should it now prevent you from serving him? Why should it prevent you from serving him? Why should toll become an issue now? Amen. 
So then she, he should move you back to that one bedroom, one room in somebody's house there that is next to the church. So you can serve God. With no heater. Amen. Paul said, I was serving God in tears and in afflictions, in trials. I was still teaching, I was still preaching, and I was still visiting the people from house to house. He says, and visiting them, I taught you publicly, and from house to house, he was visiting the people. Amen. Amen. You, when you are in tears, even if the pastor himself does not come, it's not good enough. Anyone else even comes to see, it's not good enough. Not that you, 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 you are in, someone is in tears, but he is visiting the people. He will have his tears, but he will come to your house and share the tears with you and still will come and visit you. But you, you are in tears and the whole church has to come to your house. Otherwise, hey, they didn't come. When I, I, I quit, no more church for you because you are in tears. No more church for you. You were in tears and the pastor didn't come. Why should your service to the Lord be linked? Everything that you do to God be linked to the pastor. Everything that you are doing to God, it should be linked to what the pastor is doing for you or what the pastor is not doing for you. Why should your service to God be linked to a man who is just a... Look at the scripture in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Who is the pastor? Who is the pastor? 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 4. It says, For why one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos. Are ye not canal? You see, and this is how some of you, your service to the Lord has fallen into. Oh, it's, you like the pastor. You like this pastor. So that's why you come. Do you see? I am of Paul. I am of Apollos. You like this one. That is why you come. Oh, if it is this one, oh, I, oh, I hear he's out of town. Oh, then I'm not coming. Why should your service to the Lord be linked to a man? Yeah, that you love God, that you are doing something for God, should be linked to a man who is also trying to do something for God. Just the only difference is that, yes, so, someone has to stand here to preach. That is it. We are all ministers of God. We are all servants of God. We are all trying to do our best for God. That is all we are trying to do. We are all trying to go to heaven. Just as you are also trying to go to heaven. John, that's what we are doing. So he says, I am of Paul. I am of Apollos. Who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? But ministers by whom you believed. Ministers by whom you understand the scriptures more. Ministers by whom you kind of apply the scriptures to your life. Ministers by whom you, you are enlightened by the scriptures. That's it. He says, who is Paul? Who is Apollos? But ministers by whom you believed. They witnessed to you. They shared with you. And it made you believe more. It built your faith. That's what they are doing. Even as the Lord gave to every man. He says, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. It is God who will give you an increase. A man will plant, but it is God who will give you an increase. And, and no matter what a man does, no matter what a pastor will do, if an increase will come into your life, it is coming from God. I say, it is coming from God. It is coming from God. He says, who then is Paul? Who is Apollos? Who is he? But ministers, ministers. That God has given us. They are ministers. Hallelujah. He says, so then, neither is he that planted anything, neither he that watered. That means it doesn't matter who plants. It doesn't matter who waters. But it is God who giveth the increase. It is God who gives the increase. It is God who gives the increase. Do not link all your work for God to what the pastor is doing for you or is not doing for you. He says, now he that planted and he that watered are one. And every man, every man, say every man. Every man. Say every man. Every man. 
Say, including myself, myself, myself. And, and say, including the pastor. It says, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Every man will receive his own reward and according to his own labor. So if you are a quarrister, you receive your own reward according to your quarristership. If there is such a thing. According to your own labor. If you are a drama, you receive your reward according to your own dramaship. If you are a follower person, you receive your reward according to your followership. So if you are not doing it, you will not receive your reward. So if you say because of the pastor, you are not doing it, you will not receive your reward. Amen. He says, every man will receive his own reward according to his own labor. It does not matter what you are doing. The pastor will also receive his reward according to his own labor. According to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. Hallelujah. So he says, therefore, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builded thereon. But let every man take heed how he builded thereon. Every man should take heed. Jeff, every man should take heed. Because we will receive our own separate rewards. Hallelujah. We receive our own separate reward. Everyone will receive his reward. So this, the, your service, your reward, why should you link your reward from God to a man? Why? You are not happy with your wife, so you didn't come to church. You are not happy with your husband, so you are not singing in a choir. Is your husband the one who is going to reward you? No. Amen. Some of you, the pastor didn't come for your adoring or your wedding and that you have left the church. Someone came to the church and there was a wedding that the circumstances were such that we couldn't go. That was the end. Now can't you see that, oh, if the pastor had a way, he will come. And then, don't you, why don't you also see that the pastor is not God and everything can also happen to him? Anything can happen to him that he cannot come. Thank God that he's not God. Thank God that he's not, he doesn't depend on him to receive your reward. Thank God for that. Because there's so many things that can happen to the pastor which will make him not give you what he has to give you or do for you what he has to do for So why should everything that you do, every, your service to the Lord, why should everything be linked to the pastor? What the pastor said or didn't say. The pastor didn't call you on your birthday. The pastor called me on my birthday, but he called too late. He called around 12. It was almost over. All day. And even the prayer that he prayed, you know, the way he prayed, he prayed for a very short time. Too short. Look at that. Too short. Why can't you understand that there must be something that also held the pastor? Or even the pastor also is a man and he forgets. And you are linking your blessings, your reward from God to a man who also has a tendency to forget. And you say, because of his behavior, because of his activities, because of what he did and what he didn't do, I am not serving God. I think it's a very bereft thinking. It's not a bright thinking. Amen. It's not a bright thinking. Beloved, think about it very well because, you see, these things affect all of you. It affects all of you. You see, 
Right now, you are happy, so it looks like everything is okay. And you are serving God. You are here, even in the cold, you are sitting. But something can happen, which can be from the pastor. Yes, when the hour comes. Amen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Sometimes you don't know that the pastor was trying to come to the adoring or the wedding, but he was stuck in traffic. And then when he shows up, you are so angry. Your lip is sticking. You are angry. Why did he come so late? Why can't you understand that the pastor cannot fly his car except some divine intervention and that he, he can also be stuck in traffic? Just ask the other day, you were stuck in traffic. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Or oh, there, there, there was a, a police that stopped the pastor. On um, when was that? Uh, when we had a Christmas party. <laughs> Mercy, did I share that with you? The, the day we had a Christmas party, we were coming to church, and then we are just driving, and I said, "Oh, we have to be there this time. We have to be there." And then we are coming and coming and coming. Look. They said you have what? This thing that tells you when there's a police ahead and there is this thing that there's police in the corner, police under the bridge, here and there. It didn't tell us anything. It didn't show me anything. It just showed that the road is free so you can fly. And I was going. Normally... (laughs) And I was just going. And they're just going. And the ride was nice. The time I realized I don't know where this man came from, where he was, where he was hiding, it was just behind me. And I saw the light. Like I said, oh my Lord and my God. This one, I have no defense. <laughs> I have no argument. Guilty beyond measure. Mercy. So you know when, when they know you are guilty and there's no, you know how they get out of their car and they have some special walking and they take their time and they are coming. You know, they have a way because this one, no escape. You can't say anything, you see. So they have gotten you where they want you. And they know the way you are moving that you are rushing. So they also intention, their intention is to waste your time. But I tell you, it was an angel of God that God sent to stop us at that time. Because this man came, and the way he handled us, and then I said, I said, I said we, are going for, we are going for a church meeting, and we want to be there on time. And so, so he says, so you are a minister? And I said, yes. And then he said, so she says, why don't you hit him? And then she told me, hit him. That he should slow down. <laughs> and she also hit me. <laughs> She's punishing me with a policeman. Hey! I tell you. Hey! Some people, eh? <laughs> the thing that we are in together, always all, all of us trying to get to the place, he said, you two, you're supposed to slow down. Hitting me. I say, I say, I, I will take that punishment. <laughs> and the man, you know, he didn't mean, he says, is everything okay? Is your insurance okay? Is your license okay? Is this, okay, just be careful, you know. Amen. Grace. And there was, later on, we saw certain things on the way that I understood. How God sent this angel to slow us down to protect that thing that could have happened to us. So uh, what I'm trying to say is that anything can happen to the pastor. So say I was coming to your wedding and then this cop just got off from his car and you don't see, you you don't know that a cop has stopped me and is walking like this, coming to take the license and he will walk the same way back to his car to check the license, and when he's done, he'll walk the same way back to you to give you the license. Take his time to write tickets. You don't know. 
And because of that, you, you don't want to serve God anymore. I think it's an unwise thing for us to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Beloved, let us serve God throughout our circumstances. The other day, a brother called me and then he, he said, oh, I was, coming from, I was coming from work. I have worked overnight and I'm, I was coming from work and I decided to call this brother and go and visit him. And then when I went, I found out that he's admitted in a hospital. You see? And then he called me. So he says, I'm with him here in the hospital right now. I came to the hospital. And I said, look at that. You see? It's not just the pastor's work. And this person was with him, supporting him. You see, I was very happy when I heard that. Now, who is going to reward this person? It is God. What can I say? All I can say is that may the Lord bless you for this deed. May the Lord bless you. And God will bless you. God will reward you. He is the one who will reward you. He says, every man will receive his reward. And he says, every man's work will be tried. Every man's work will be tried. Amen. God will reward you. As you are serving God through your circumstances, he will reward you. Amen. Hallelujah. Am I speaking to somebody this evening? Go back to Acts chapter 20 and let's continue reading. Acts chapter 20. And... um, So it says, and I was moving from house to house, teaching you publicly. Verse 21, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem. Look, Paul called them to tell them all these circumstances that are around him. He says, now I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. But I'm going. I don't know the things that are ahead of me there, but I'm going. Robert, do you see? I am going. I don't even know what is there. I have seen what the Jews have done to me here. I have seen all their plots, their plans. And I'm heading to Jerusalem where their center is. And I don't even know what before. That means that he suspected that something, the enemy will be cooking something. But he says, I go bound in the spirit. Save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. Bonds and afflictions, but he's going. Bonds and afflictions, but he's going. Ellen, Bones and afflictions, but we are coming. Constance, bones and afflictions await us, but we are coming. We know that the people will not receive us. We are going for evangelism. Oh, they will throw our tracks down. They will, some of them will treat us like we are nothing, like trash, but we are coming. We are still going to evangelize. We are still coming. Amen. Bones and affliction, but we are coming. Hallelujah. He says, this is the verse that I don't want anyone to lose. Verse 24. He says, but none of these things move me. But none of these things move me. Sash, but none of these things move me. But none of these things, bones and afflictions, they are there, but none of these things move me. None of these things move me. I have 16 credits, but it does not move me. Amen. I have failed that exam, but it's not moving me. Oh, you know what? Do you understand the scriptures? He says, none of these things move me. I have such strange work hours, but none of these things move me. I have a child and another one on the way, but none of these things move me. Amen. Yes, I have my prince. I have my princess. 
I will take care of him. I will take care of her. But none of these things move me. I have a husband that I have to cook for. I have to wash for. I have to serve. I have to do this. I have children. I still have school. And I still have to go to work. But none of these things move me. None of these things move me. He says, but none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of grace of God. Hallelujah. Some of us, we count our life so dear unto us. We count our life so dear unto us. Antinacy, some of us count our life so dear unto us. That is the reason why we can't do so much for God. We count our life so dear unto us. Amen. But I tell you, this life, it is God who sustains it. It is God who sustains. The life that you count so dear, it is God who is sustaining you. Oh, yeah. It is God who is sustaining you. There is a young man. I mean, sometimes for hip-hop reasons, you can't share a lot of things. You know, a young man from the same place where most of you are from. You know, doing some wild course, some wild degree. If I show you just suddenly, not that he was sick and he was suddenly. If I take you and I, I show you this person, you won't believe it. You won't believe it. Yeah. Young man. You know, right now when I look at some of you, it just reminds me of him. Seven God. We have our circumstances, but none of these things move me because I count not my life so dear unto me. You count your life so dear unto you. Some of you, by all means, you have to have your eight to ten hours of sleep. You can't serve God like that. You cannot serve God when you are always looking for your eight to ten hours of sleep. You can't serve God if your mind is such that I have to eat my breakfast, I have to eat lunch, and I have to eat dinner. Every day, you have to eat your three square meals. Such that when you are in a place where you can't have your lunch, it irritates you. And for your lunch, you won't come to church. Because the time they close, I'll miss my lunch. Your life so dear unto you. You count your life too dear unto you. Hallelujah. You count your life too dear unto you. Some of you, you, you have to go to the gym by all means. Your muscles are so important to you. Your body, your tie. I have to lose this thing, this gluteus. And it's because of that, you don't come to church. You don't come to church. You are going to the gym. And so for that reason, I will listen to messages. You don't come to church. And what you have to do for the Lord, you are not doing. Some of you, you, you count your life so dear. You have to do your hair. You have to do your nails. You have to do your eyebrows, eyelashes. You have to do this. You have to do that. You are moving from salon to salon to salon. Saturday, you move from this salon, you go and you do your nails. And then you move from this salon, you go and do your hair. You go and move from this salon, you go and... Sal- the whole of your Saturday. You can't do the work of God like that. You can't, do your, you can't do the work of God like that. Amen. Won't work. Hallelujah. You don't attend all night. Some of you, the reason why you don't come for all night service, all night prayer meeting, is because you count your life so dear. Ooh, this all night, is, it's not for me. Your life is too dear. Amen. Your life is too dear. Amen. Because of your children, you are not doing what you need to do for the Lord. Because of your children's needs. You know, as for the children's needs, they will always be there. They will always have needs. So if we are going to follow their needs and we say that we will not serve God, your children, you'll find your children in heaven and you will not be in there. In heaven. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Look at you. You see, your, your mothers and your fathers didn't serve God because of you. Look, you are sitting here, and you are making it to heaven, and they are not going. Yeah. Yeah. You are making it. And when you were a child, because of you, your, 
father will not go, your mother will not go to church. But see, you are sitting here. I say, your children, they will come and bypass you and go to heaven. And, and the heaven, when it comes, you are not standing with your children. And say, it's because of them that my state is the way it is. So, Lord, consider me. No. He says, every man's work, every man's work shall be tried. And every man will receive his reward according to his own labor. According to his own labor. Amen. There are too many things that take God from us so easily. Too many things. Too many things. But Paul says, none of these things, none of these things move me. Let us say with Paul that none of these things move us. None of these things. We are married, but we are serving God. We are students, but we are serving God. We are working. We are mothers who are raising children as as well as wives who are taking care of husbands and children and still employers, employees, but we are still serving God. Amen. None of these things move me. Our time is up. Stand onto your feet and let us bring the service to a close. We will continue next time we move. None of these things move me. None of these things move me. None of these things. None of these things. Trials and afflictions. Temptations. The things that bring tears in your eyes. He says, I am serving God in my tears and in my afflictions, in my trials, in my temptations. He says, none of these things move me. I do not allow these circumstances to move me. These things that are around me, these things that I have to deal with, they are there, but I don't allow them to move me. None of these things move me. None of these things move me. None of these things move me. Yes, none of these things move me. He says, I, because I count not my life so dear unto me, neither count I my life so dear unto me. Oh, let not your life be so dear unto you that you cannot serve God. That you cannot serve God. Count not your life so dear. Count not your life so dear. Oh, yes. Father, we are thankful. We are grateful. We are thankful in the name of Jesus. Yes. None of these things move me. 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 Yes. None of these things move me. None of these things change me. For what I do for the Lord, none of these things move me. None of these things move me. It cannot change me. I will continue to do what I do for the Lord. There are circumstances, but I will continue to do what I do for the Lord. I travel very far, but I will continue to do what I do for the Lord. You pay the tolls, but I will continue to do what I do for the Lord. They have increased my rent, but I will continue to do what I do for the Lord. None of these things move me. None of these things move me. He says, bonds and afflictions await me, but I am bound by the Spirit. Because I count not my life so dear. Search me, Lord. Search me all through and through till my heart becomes a home for you. Sing, come and make, come and make my heart your home. We will continue to come and be. Open up.
for you to come. And my heart will be. And my heart will be a place where you wanna be. A place where you wanna oh, be. Lord, come and be. In our tears, oh God. In our circumstances, oh God. Father, we still stand still and we are serving you. Lord, help us that we will take heed that we do not fall. Help us, oh God. You say we are more than conquerors. Help us, oh God, to continue on even in our afflictions. For we are persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, not height, not death, oh God, shall separate us from the love of God. Our circumstances shall not separate us from the love of God. Father, the things that we face shall not separate us from the love of God. The things that we battle with, the challenges that we face, they shall not separate us from the love of God. But help us, Lord, to continue to serve you. Help us, Lord, to walk with you even to a higher level. We are grateful and thankful. We want to say with Paul that none of these things move us. Lord, give us that audacity and the boldness, the tenacity to say with Paul that none of these things move us. We are grateful and thankful that we have been called to be partakers of this wonderful kingdom. We thank you, Lord, and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. With all eyes closed and every head bowed, is anyone here tonight you want to give your life to Jesus? You want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior? Jesus Christ is not your Savior. You are not born again. You want to give your life to Christ. Anyone here like that? anyone here like that. Father, we are thankful and grateful for our salvation. Lord, we thank you that you loved us so much that whilst we were yet sinners, you sent your son to die for us. Amen. Heavenly Father, we ask that you help us to continue to walk Amen. with you. 
Father, may we not come this far and let afflictions and bonds take us away from you. But may we stay focused, looking on to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We are grateful and thankful in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap for Jesus as you take your seats for a few minutes. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.